Hello, everyone. So, episode nine begins with Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda. They're out at lunch, and Miranda tells Carrie, quote, you can't be that white woman who just writes a check, end quote. Writers, please explain this to me. I need to know why it's a problem if someone of a certain ethnicity makes a donation. I need to know why it's a problem. Like, are we not supposed to accept money from white people because they're white? Because historically, white people have helped with the Underground Railroad. White people have been abolitionists. White people are able to help in abolitionists when it came to slavery. White people are able to help in the ways that they want to help. Or are we supposed to say, you know what? Your money is tainted because of the color of your skin. I need you to explain why you felt that viewers of the show should be told that it is wrong for a white person to take some of their um, disposable income and donate it towards a worthy, a worthy cause. Please let me know. I need to know how this is supposed to make sense. Melinda Gates, she's giving away billions of dollars. Are all of the organizations that she's helping supposed to say, we don't want your, your trash white money? Please tell me why you had to write that fucking quote, why you had to write that sentence, because y'all, y'all writers, you got a lot of audacity, a lot. There ain't nothing wrong with somebody trying to help in whatever way that they want to fucking help. How dare you even think that you could say, have a character say some bullshit like that. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry if you guys felt I was too turned up. This show is just, it makes me nauseous. Like I'm embarrassed, right? Like I'm embarrassed that I actually watch this bullshit. Um, I just, the best thing about this fucking show though is about the, how people really go in on podcasts. I'm laughing hysterically. The one good thing about Anne Just Like That is how much People hate it and talk shit. It is hilarious. That is the only good thing about this show, which is sad. Your show shouldn't be a punchline, but this shit's a punchline. And something that I didn't mention in episode eight, I said I would mention in episode nine. I'm not going to be weird and be deep into this episode and then mention it. Is I just want to mention slash remind y'all how much this show drops the fucking ball. So the show dropped the ball on the podcast. We were told, or we know that Carrie was working on the world's worst podcast ever, and they stopped showing us scenes of them all recording the podcast, and I wish they did, because the podcast really, I was just clutching my imaginary pearls every time they showed us a scene, because it was a really bad radio show with a quote-unquote comic, Um, and so I was ready for more, honestly, I was ready for more, because it was so shocking. I was like, I can't believe people actually thought that we should have to endure this, even though it was short clips. They also dropped the ball on Carrie's book. So Carrie wrote a book. She was supposed to go out on a date. She didn't really go out on her date. What the F is the update with the book? And on top of that, as I mentioned before, Carrie said she's done with books and now she here she is with a brand new book. 
but they drop the ball on the book. They drop the ball on the podcast because it's just such sloppy writing. And you would, and I was thinking about it today and I was like, you know what, what happened with this series and why fans are so disgusted and horrified and angry about it is it's like, it was just so inspirational. It was so fun and inspired so many women to be sexually liberated and free. A lot of women moved to New York. Um, but when you think about how popular this series is and how beloved um, Sex in the City is, it's really equivalent to like if Seinfeld was rebooted, right? Um, like I'm saying Seinfeld, The Cosby Show. I'll throw that one in. I'll just... Any show that was huge, living, single, friends, maybe friends, actually scratch everything I just said, Seinfeld and friends, two of the biggest shows of all time. Imagine if they came back and came with some fuck shit like the writers have done to all of the characters in this show. Everybody would be up in arms and justifiably so. And why? Because the show could have just been left as it was, as it were, leave it alone. You don't got to do this because now we're like, okay, everybody that we loved and liked and thought was legit is now a joke. And on top of that, this show is the most ageist show I've ever seen in my life because women are just supposed to be old, haggard, needing plastic surgery, not having sex for years, um, not blowing their husbands, hip giving out, all this, it's like, think, can't hear, hearing aid, that, gotta be a lesbian, this, like, what y'all have done, what you writers have done is such an abomination, and again, I am so glad that I am not connected to the show, not like I would be, but I am so glad, because it's, I feel, I would never live it down for the rest of my life, being a part of something so, so bad. Back to my review. Um, so Charlotte is, she's excited about Carrie's second date with Peter because (laughs) Charlotte says that Peter has a great head of hair and I stand. Look, as I mentioned, when I talked about the plastic surgery episode and that sexist ass, but hot doctor saying that men age better than women this is not true men lose their hair and a lot of them very very early it's funny that charlotte talks about his hairline because um i also make note of a strong hairline but on top of that it's like peter was cast because of his hairline because it's like the writers had to just remind us that he has all of his follicles and i i agree it's like when a guy has good hair you have to you have to compliment it So Carrie's downstairs neighbor wants her to make an Instagram post about her jewelry so that she, quote unquote, doesn't have to go back to modeling. And I saw nothing wrong with that. Um, Carrie's neighbor said that she listens to the podcast, to which I say, what podcast? We haven't seen Carrie recording it for a while, but I I would do that, too, if someone's semi-famous is in my building down below and I'm starting to have a rapport with her. Yeah, I'm going to say, bitch, wear my jewelry. I saw nothing wrong with that all, at all. Um, I didn't think it was unrealistic. I just thought it was good marketing. So then 
and somebody had the audacity somewhere, I can't remember where, to be like, oh, you know, Charlotte Johansson put the neighbor's jewelry on the map. First and foremost, Scarlett Johansson did not want to be brought in her name um, to be brought into the shitty ass show. Secondly, um, I saw somebody saying like, oh, like people don't really look out for what Scarlett Johansson is wearing. Since when? Since when? Charlotte or sorry, Scarlett is a stunning beauty and she is an icon. And what anybody of her status is wearing on a red carpet is going to put that designer on the map. Are you kidding? I mean, haters, dumb haters. So Charlotte's daughter, um, Lily, she doesn't want to use a tampon. Um, and she has a pool party coming up and then Che tells Miranda that she looks especially pretty tonight. So yes, full stop, full stop. Everybody was all excited for Miranda to walk in on Che strapping down. (laughs) What, What should I say? Che, um, fucking someone having sex with someone else we were all super excited we're like okay Miranda got on a plane is showing up unannounced and everybody's like everybody across the board is like we already know she's gonna walk in Miranda's gonna walk in on Che having sex with someone else what this show had the audacity to do was to give us this really big cliffhanger in episode eight about Miranda flying to Cleveland to surprise Jay. And guess what? There was no surprise in Cleveland. There was no surprise for us. Thank you to the writers for trolling us so consistently. My disgust with this show has no bounds. Miranda is a heartless, selfish, incredibly stupid woman, apparently. Like, book smart, good on paper, smart, accomplished, but completely dumb when it comes to dating and relationships. And we deserve to see that. We deserve to see Miranda get hurt. We deserve to see Miranda walk in on Shay with like five of her fans. Or their, sorry, of their nude fans. That's what we deserved. And we couldn't even get it. We couldn't get it. So, Miranda, um, so Che tells Miranda that Miranda looks especially pretty tonight. And Miranda never looks pretty, period. Not on this goddamn show. And they're out eating out at, like, a diner. And then Miranda says, quote, You look especially whatever acceptable, non-polarizing, gender-positive compliment you feel comfortable with. What? (laughs) What? What? I don't understand. I don't understand. And not only do I not understand, I don't want to. And... What's so sad is you can tell with this series, it's abundantly clear when the writers feel that they're being clever. It's just like on episode one when um, Che had some non-binary in the confines of like some rant on the podcast of hers about how did the norms and like, like, you know, they think they're, they're making sense. You know that they think that they're sounding smart and it's, it's sad. It's troubling. I'm, I'm bothered. 
So while Che and Miranda are having a dinner date at a diner, two of Che's fans approach Che and tell them that they had sex with one of their male friends in one city and then that Che had sex with one of their female friends in another city and Che doesn't like it that Miranda tells the fans that she's Che's girlfriend. Che makes a face and again Che is approached by fans every single time they are out and apparently we are always reminded of how much Che is out there in these streets. Again, proving that Che would continue to be out there in these streets. And that they, a famous comic, a good-looking, sexy one, actually. I actually think Sarah, Sarah Ramirez is very, very sexy. Would would not be fucking with Miranda. Um, so not only is Miranda with this famous comic but she is with a famous comic who is always out here in these streets having sex in every single city and yet they're committed okay all right so um Seema tries to bribe a doorman to get into a club that she wants to get in and the doorman tells Seema that it's offensive and again yet another scene that makes no sense it's just not a part of our world Doormen are bribed all the time and they don't call it offensive. They just say sorry or they take the money and they let you in. Why is it offensive? It's a part of your fucking job. Um, <clears throat> so Seema tells Carrie that it's her birthday and I need to know why Seema doesn't have any friends. We already know that Seema has a big, great family that's local because they celebrated Diwali in the same city her big family is local and you're trying to convince us that nobody in her family did anything for her birthday at all. This show, it's just so dramatic about everything. The writers want to let us know that Seema and Carrie have this newfound friendship that's tight and it's a bond and they're close, but that doesn't excuse the fact that Seema is supposed to have friends on her fucking birthday. And it doesn't excuse the fact that Seema has a dope ass, big ass, supportive family that would have also done something for Seema's birthday. Make it make sense. You don't need to have Carrie be Seema's only friend on her birthday to let us know as the viewers that Seema and Carrie are becoming close. We already figured that out. <laughs> we did. If Seema is so fabulous and has lived a luxe life, as she described it, she would not be just trying to bribe a doorman or, or a bouncer, sorry, to get into a club on her birthday. She would have done something fabulous. So Seema wants, um, says that she wants the bouncer to have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Sounds like something I would say. Um, and Carrie makes a wish that Seema will meet her partner this year. It was very cute. It was very sweet. Um, and that's when Seema says that her life is pretty luxe. And I just, I love Seema. I want my own Seema. Um, so Anthony brings a new date to Charlotte's house for dinner. And Anthony's date has a anti-Semitic Holocaust comment. Um... And this comment, according to people on Twitter, it was actually, this episode actually aired on Holocaust Remembrance Day. So, complete disrespect. 
Anthony is really the only comedic relief on this in this series. And everybody was laughing when Anthony started screaming. And I love it. It was done so perfectly. We didn't expect it. He looked so pissed. It was so, so quick when he screamed at his date to get out. It was it was funny. And, and that's what's sad. It's like with this show, I could count the times that I laughed. I laughed when um, Anthony screamed at his date to get out. I laughed when the girls were trying to hide from Natasha, who was looking down at them at the window, in the window, and... I've laughed maybe one or two other times and I'm nine episodes deep. Um, the exact opposite of the actual series. So let's see here. Um, so Carrie meets with her date, Peter, and she tells him she met him on an app and, you know, Seamus put her on the apps. Um, and she told him that she's not ready to date, go on a date with him. Um, let's discuss. Okay, so Carrie is meeting up with Peter a second time. She gets dressed up and she looks nice. I do like her skirt with the heels and the top and how her hair was in a down ponytail, wavy. I loved it. She looked great, unlike pretty much every other scene on this um, train wreck of a show. Carrie goes and she meets Peter and she tells him, sorry, I'm not ready to go on a date. Why were you there, Carrie? Why were you there? She might as well have just taken a horse, right? Rode in on a horse, taken a buggy. Like you put in the effort to get dressed up and to look somebody in the eye and tell them that you're not ready. That doesn't make them feel better. It makes them confused because you had them put in effort to leave their house and you put in effort to leave your house just to tell them something that you could have texted It was, I hated Carrie for that. Imagine getting dressed up, okay? Shaving, getting yourself oiled up, putting on whatever music you want to put on to get in the mood, getting yourself together. You go out and somebody has the audacity to tell you that they're meeting you to tell you that they don't want to go out with you are you insane why okay you know there's one more episode one more episode and that is it and i can tell it's gonna be good for my mental health and the mental health of everyone who watches this bullshit so then Miranda rolls up on Che um, at Che's apartment and everybody talks about how Miranda knocked on the door. And I'm not going to skip over that either because the writers want us to hate Miranda with a passion. I don't know why. I don't know why that's how they want her character to have devolved um, over time. But Miranda goes up to Che's apartment true st- in full stalker mode takes her fist and makes a circle with her knocks on the door like boom 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 in a clockwise circle why <laughs> they're trying to show us that she's so into che that she just like her brain cells it tells her to do really corny dumb shit because she's so excited and so horny by making a fucking circle with her knocks on the door. Okay. 
okay, that makes sense to no one. Um, but whoever wrote that part. So then... So Miranda rolls up on Che to tell them, quote, it's your new favorite person with your favorite cookies. I was craving me some Che. I'm Meg Ryan. And Che tells her, you're not my girlfriend. We aren't dating. And I stand Che. People don't like Che. I stand Che. This Che is my favorite, one of my favorite fuckboys of all time. We are lucky that we get to see how a fuckboy operates. Che is, quote, madly in love <laughs> with Miranda. But Che also says, you're not my girlfriend. We aren't dating. So this is how a fuckboy operates. And I stand. I stand Che. I enjoy them because they let you know from the jump, I'm playing you. I don't want you. I'm playing you. This is fun for me. And I could just go ahead and do whatever I want to do to you because you're dumb. And I could tell you I love you, but that we're not dating. And Miranda is happy with it. Miranda will take any crumbs that she could get. So I stand, Jay. Che don't respect Miranda and, and how, can you blame them? Can you blame? Nope, we can't. Thank you. Thank you, Che, for checking Miranda who left her family for you. So then Naya and her husband, they're at this charity painting event and um, they're arguing. <clears throat> so sorry. And they are arguing, be arguing because, um, you know, her Naya's husband is upset that they don't have a baby yet and he wants a baby. It's really sad. I don't like seeing this played out at all. I really, really don't. Um, this show doesn't have to try to include every single issue in one series. It's overkill. It's too much. It's depressing. And we don't need it. We're aware of the struggles that we face in life. And, you know, shows are supposed to be escapism. You know, if I want reality, I'll watch a, a documentary. I don't need that in in this um, Sex in the City, a new chapter bullshit. I don't need it. We don't need it. So Seema meets a hot foreign guy while she's sitting outside waiting, smoking, and he owns the club that she and Carrie tried to get into. And Steve wants to know when Miranda bega began dating Che and if Miranda had told Carrie that she's into women and then Carrie steps into some paint and Carrie is in heels and I don't mind that Carrie is in heels because Carrie is always wearing heels and nothing about this show makes any sense. So it tracks. Let Carrie wear heels while she's painting. Good for her. You know, it's, it's just so, so incredibly stupid and unrealistic. So then Charlotte has her period while she's wearing a white jumpsuit. And this is what this show has. Um, this is the level that this show is sunk into. Right. For us viewers, male and female, to see a woman in her mid 50s bleeding out in a white jumpsuit. Apparently, they think that we needed these visuals. Um, they felt that this was great for us to see. And, um, 
yes, I have, I have a lot of problems with, with this show for doing so, because it's not that, you know, a period is something gross or disgusting. It's just that we did not need to see this on Charlotte. We didn't need it in the episode. It's not letting us know about perimenopause and flash periods. We, this could have been a discussion, not a visual. If they want to entertain, if the writers wanted to entertain us, or sorry, educate us, this could have been something that said we don't need the actual literal visual because it was not appetizing, to say the least. It was insulting to make women look like, you know what, we're just going to be out here in these streets randomly bleeding. It wasn't cute. It didn't feel appropriate. It was unnecessary. It was bullshit. It was stupid. And I also know that it was clearly an attempt to make us cringe or laugh. And it wasn't funny. Is it really funny when you bleed and you don't know about it? Okay. I don't know. I don't know y'all. Like I said, one more episode, one more epi, one more epi. Thank you, Jesus. And I hope I'm not like a lot of other, um, podcasts I've listened to where they're just complaining. And when I say I hope, I mean, I know I am, but You can't watch something so horrifying, a show that's so disappointing because the quality is not there and you can't not have shit to say about it. So Steve tells Carrie that he's never going to take, he's never taking his wedding ring off because he made a promise, a promise to be with Miranda forever And this was a very long, drawn-out, emotional, heartbreaking scene. It was a scene where we understood every word out of Steve's mouth. His accent wasn't fucked up. He wasn't saying he couldn't hear. He looked handsome. And the writers really want us to be heartbroken for Steve. I don't know why. I don't believe that men like Steve exist. Um, And we don't understand why Miranda has been able to be such a heartless villain um when she was married to such a sweet man it's it's really strange how cruel she is to someone who is just being so incredibly sweet and i don't know why they want us to feel so sad for steve it's a little um stressful or stressful is the wrong word it it's uncomfortable Right. Especially if you're a viewer who hasn't been married and you're seeing and you would love a Steve. And then you see this bitch Miranda fleeing her husband and her family for some um, for some comic who's who really doesn't take her seriously. And I don't think we needed this heartbreak. And the only I guess the only justification for why they're making Steve so incredibly heartbroken And making it very clear that this, his marriage is forever to him and it's not temporary. Maybe because he's going to have the baddest bitch ever um, in season two. And I really hope there is no season two. But maybe they want us to be heartbroken so he could be the underdog who really comes up. Like, let him get a bad bitch who's like some tech millionaire or billionaire, sorry. And let, like, Miranda feel really stupid when Che Che dumps her. Let's see here. So Carrie texts Peter asking him if they could have a third strike as in a third try at a date. This is episode nine, y'all. 
episode nine. Carrie has not had any date, really. I'm not going to really count the vomit thing as a date. She hasn't really had a date or, or her vomit date with Peter. Hasn't really had a date. She hasn't fucked. Nobody's fucked, really, except for Brady. Uh, Miranda, she's she's had a finger. Um like, if you're going to kill off Big to show us that Carrie is, like, this reborn single woman, why are we not seeing her act like a single woman? What was the point? What was the point? Truly. Um, and then Seema, the episode ends with Seema being let into the hottest club in Brooklyn by the hot foreign guy that she met. And that guy apparently is a character on Emily in Paris. And Carrie says, and just like that, she was dancing or something like that. As I've stated before, this show doesn't allow us to see anything fun. So Seema meets this guy. This guy gets her into the club. Clearly she fucked him, right? Clearly she gave him a blowjob. He liked it. So she, you know, she sucked dick for entrance into a club. But we didn't get to see it, right? Because that's what we want to see. If we didn't get to see it, though, why should we see that? Why would the show show us something fun? Um, however, in the promo for the episode that's airing tonight, we do see that Seema is with her hot man that led her into the club and they start fucking and I am here for it like yes one of them needs to have hot sex and i'm glad it's sema because sema's deserving and that guy that rolled up that foreign guy he is hot give me a piece give me some get it sema so happy i love it like show us that show us that you could be a bad bitch a fun and a sexual bitch in your mid 50s thank y'all for having Seema. Like I said, it's like she's basically single-handedly saving this show. So I saw the promo for episode 10. I'm going to try to stay up and watch it. And, um, you know, we'll see when that recap comes out. Ideally soon. I'm just going to say soon. I'm not going to be dumb enough to say an actual date. But um, I hope that you have been entertained by the public discourse of this show just like I have but unfortunately I'd rather not have a show with great um with really funny commentary because people are so upset about it I'd rather just have a good show right so writers y'all failed and I hope that a one writer has stumbled across one of my episodes because I I want you to know add me to the list of people who are unhappy with the garbage the flaming hot pile of um, horse shit that you put together. Okay. Thank you guys. And as I said, I'll be back with episode 10 soon. Thanks for listening.